We talk a lot about how it's a data arms race in banking and lending and uh, the areas of financial services that we work with. And I, and I do think that's true, but I also think it's only going, you're only going to win if you play that data arms race uh, by being customer first and uh, customer focused. You're listening to Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay, a podcast that empowers financial brand marketing, sales, and leadership teams to maximize their digital growth potential by generating 10 times more loans and deposits. Today's episode is part of the Exponential Insight Series, where James Robert interviews the industry's top marketing, sales, and fintech leaders, sharing practical wisdom to exponentially elevate you and your team. Let's get into the show. Greetings and hello. I am James Robert Lay, and welcome to the 125th episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Exponential Insight series, and I'm excited to welcome Joe Wellu to the show. Joe is the CEO and founder of Total Expert, a purpose-built CRM and customer engagement platform to create growth and loyalty for modern lenders and financial brands. Welcome to the show, Joe. Good to see you again, buddy. Always great to see you. Before we get into talking this idea of the the human digital connection and how this plays out into really the, the work that you're doing over at Total Expert, what are you excited about right now? Personally, professionally, it's always your pick. Yeah, so... There's so much to be excited about right now. I think uh, the thing that that juices us, obviously, is the pace of of innovation, really the pace of progress uh, in a lot of the work we're doing with a lot of our partners, uh, technology partners and customers, particularly. We partner with a lot of of great banks and lenders and credit unions out there, and the pace of progress uh, just seems to have been accelerated over the last 18 months or so. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're hearing that a lot, but yes. that's really exciting. When you're seeing things happen, you're seeing uh, new milestones. That's It's a lot of fun. And that's what we were talking about before we hit the record button. We were in, yeah. in I just did this in episode 124 with Audrey talking about Colby um, and how entrepreneurs are going to be more naturally oriented to quick start. So we're wanting to jump yeah. in and get things running and rolling and moving forward. Where in the banking space, it's it's a little bit different. They're they're over indexing. Um, their natural operating strengths are around fact finding and and follow through. And we'll come back to these points here. But before we get there. I don't think I've ever asked this question before um, in 125 episodes. So you're going to be the first one uh, with this. I want to roll. All right. I want to roll the clock back. Um, and, okay. and, and really, what was the inspiration for you to, to really kick off and found Total Expert? Like, why go down this path? What inspired you? Because you've got a got a really good story here. Yeah. So, well, that's a, that's a great question. And there's really two parts to that answer. Uh, part one is really what, what inspired sort of the initial idea to start building technology. And the answer there is rooted in, uh, I was uh, deeply involved in uh, the mortgage and real estate space and just saw the technology solutions that we're coming to market, uh, we're, we're really just not hitting the mark, right? 
there was the the level of specificity, the last mile of functionality. You just felt like a lot of the things that were built by the Silicon Valley firms of of you know that run a lot of the tech didn't understand um, how to manage uh, a home buyer right. and a borrower through a life cycle, and they just didn't get the nuances. So I just I believed that there was a a better way to do it and started really playing with ideas. That was kind of step one. As I got into it, really the inspiration uh, grew and what, what inspired me grew. And what I saw is just this massive opportunity in how financial services was evolving and thinking about, okay, Okay, the, the future of, of technology is really where you're, you're going to combine, you got people, the human side and the technology side. And it wasn't going to be a scenario, I believe that it was never going to be a scenario where the technology replaces the humans. It was really going to be about how it was going to enhance uh, the human, right? So for example, you're going to enhance uh, a consumer's ability to have uh, financial health and wellness, right? You're going to help them if you have a if you have great technology enabling the process of them getting a loan or starting a business or uh, even uh, getting college loans or buying anything important in life that requires um, lending right they're going to have a better process a better experience of educating them and ultimately they're going to make better financial decisions right and so i looked at this whole thing of combining human and digital and saying wouldn't it be great if you could not only enable the organizations, lenders and banks and credit unions, enable them to serve the end customer better, but wouldn't it also be great if by doing so, you're creating better outcomes for the consumers? Because the, the nature in which you're communicating, uh, the level of transparency that happens when you can use data to d- deliver that educational content and, and information to the customer at the right time, leads them down a path to making better financial decisions, which leads them down a path of better financial health and wellness, right? So that's where, as, I, as we fast forward a couple of years, uh, the inspiration then, then really grew to that. This is even rooted more deeply personal for you because I think it's a fantastic yeah. story yeah. of what you shared on the about page. I was like, man, that right there, that that's the purpose for me. That's the purpose built CRM, like really tying it deep into purpose. So yeah. I'll set you up. I'll set you up in three, two, right. and one. So this idea of financial health and wellness it's an important subject it's it's important to me i know it's important to you because this really goes even deeper back into just your early childhood uh and an experience that you lived through and watched can 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 we dive into that yeah sure man It, it is deeply personal to me uh the topic of financial health or lack of financial health and how that impacts families and humans and people everywhere, right? Um, I, I went through uh, in my early childhood, five, six years old, my, my parents, uh, as, as you know, uh, lost our family farm in a foreclosure, right? And I witnessed just that incredible sadness that my parents had. And, you know, they were unsophisticated, made some, some bad financial decisions. And that combined with, you know, other external factors led that uh, to that happening. And, and I just saw 
the impact of, of not having financial security and stability and what that did to them, right? And then as, as sort of the next five, 10 years progressed, things got a little bit better. And, you know, fast forward, then about uh, 10 years or so later, got to see the, the opposite of, of that to where they were able to finally purchase a home again. Yeah. And the confidence and, and positivity that that brought to our household and my brothers and I, and being able to move into a home that was ours and having some financial security and stability, uh, it was everything. And it was just profoundly, um, profoundly impactful to see both ends of that spectrum. And, you know, so, so the whole, um, the whole idea that, you know, really the financial services industry has the ability uh, to not only grow their businesses, but actually deliver that kind of impact to the end consumers is really, really what drives me in, in internally. And that's where you and I, man, we're, 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 we're like minds because growing up, I grew up in a family of, of, of modest means. And I, yeah. it took a lot for me to almost reprogram my own mind here because I heard this over and over and over again as a child. We can't afford it. We yeah. can't afford it. We can't afford it. And to me, I, I, you know, we're on a much bigger purpose driven mission here to make the world a billion times better by really helping a billion people get beyond that financial stress towards a bigger, better, brighter future. Obviously, we're not working directly with the end consumer. We're empowering but, financial brands. But the work we do yep. uh, translates all the way down to the end consumer, right? It, it, and that's, and that's, that's, yeah. the, that's the point of purpose. And, and you talk a lot about, you know, a purpose built CRM and, and, and I want to take a step back. Let's reflect over the past 12 to 18 months. Cause when you think about this idea of purpose, it's probably more important now than ever before coming through yeah. the COVID experience. Yeah. What are the biggest trends that you have seen working with financial brands when it comes to just, we'll call it aligning marketing and sales teams around a purpose bigger than promoting commoditized rates yeah. and putting the transformation of people over the transaction. Sure. So I think you hit on it at the last part of your comment there regarding the transaction. It's it's now, I think more than any time in, in the last dozen years anyway, about the human being and the families and the people. It's about being able to put truly put the customer at the center and have a, a relationship with that customer that delivers value and partnership to that customer. Right. And so the, the transformation that we're seeing where Mark, you see teams aligning marketing sales and service teams and having really one relationship with your, your end customer to where they're always at the center of everything that you're doing. Right. So if you're sending out a campaign and, and then your salesperson is, is talking to them, they understand that the campaign that went out, maybe why it went out. If you're doing this at a higher level, you're using data and intelligence about your customers so that what you're serving them in terms of marketing, and, and a lot of times that marketing is maybe educating them about other financial products and services, right? So if you're doing that right, then your sales team, if you're tying those two things together and bringing those things together to have a really one-to-one -one relationship, those customer-facing teams then are having conversations that are relevant and that are in alignment with 
the information that you just sent out to them, right? So it's this whole, you know, it's really this whole transformation of what marketing and sales even is, right? right? To where it's about connection. It's about adding value. It's about educating, not just selling a rate, not just selling a transaction. Thinking about this marketing and sales alignment, I want to come back to this point of putting people at the center, putting the customer, putting the member at the center of all of your thinking, all of your doing. What's, What's the biggest roadblock that a financial brand, marketing team, sales team, leadership team needs to be aware of that prevents them from making this transformation first and foremost internally? Yeah, so my answer actually might be a little bit unpopular, but it's truly how I feel, right? So the biggest roadblock, I believe, is mindset of leadership teams and culture inside the organization, Mm. right? Yeah, I I, I just I believe that is the it's no longer technology is not the roadblock anymore. No. You agree? Like, I mean, there's an, well, cause there's an abundance of technology yeah. and there will continue to be an abundance of technology and, and digital transformation initiatives fail 60 to 85% of the time, not because of technology, right? But, but because of the people who are having to yeah. deploy that technology. Yeah. It's, it's the, so we think of everything you've heard me talk about really the, the framework at which um, total expert works through. And that framework is data insights and action, right. To where, yep where the intelligence, those insights about your customers and what's going on is combined with actual workflow and action of communicating with the customer and and serving the customer. The combination of those two things is where all the value and all the progress is created, right? right? You can put customer intelligence and data and analytics and AI in place and if you're not able to action on it and activate it, uh, it's worthless. And so well, I was having a conversation yesterday with a large customer of Mars um, in an executive session. We were talking about the reason that projects do not deliver the impact is because of that execution of the, you know, the people actually executing on uh, on the the last mile of integration, the last right. you know process change, and saying, okay, we're doing things differently now, right? We're not. Today forward, we're not just going to send out batch and blast general marketing talking at our customers, right? We're going we're gonna to segment our audience. We're going to talk to them with context. Yep. And then we're going to do the same thing on, on the sales and customer-facing teams, right? Technology has transformed our world, and digital has changed the way consumers shop for and buy financial services forever. Now, consumers make purchase decisions long before they walk into a branch, if they walk into a branch at all. But your financial brand still wants to grow loans and deposits. We get it. Digital growth can feel confusing, frustrating, and overwhelming for any financial brand marketing and sales leader. But it doesn't have to, because James Robert wrote the book, that guides you every step of the way along your digital growth journey. Visit www.digitalgrowth.com to get a preview of his best-selling book, Banking on Digital Growth, or order a copy right now for you and your team from Amazon. Inside, you'll find a strategic marketing manifesto that was written to transform financial brands, and it is packed full of practical and proven insights you can start using today to confidently generate 10 times more loans and deposits. Now back to the show. 
And there's so much, I mean, if you think about it, 95% of our behavior, our actions, which become our habits, it's all in the subconscious mind. And when you take that individual and then you multiply it out to the team and then to the organization, uh, and you're dealing with something like, let's just say CRM, which requires new behaviors, new behaviors, new habits will require new thinking, new thinking, then go deeper. That's new beliefs. CRMs, it's always a hot, it's really been a hot topic of, of conversation in coaching over the last 12 to 18 months. Yeah. Well, let me speak to that just a little bit. I think it's, it's a relevant point. So CRM for one, it's, it's how the technology is referred to because historically that's how people thought about it. I need a customer relationship management platform, but really uh, what we're seeing evolving in, in that what we're building is much deeper and broader than just CRM because yes. CRM traditionally, it's a 30-year-old word, right? It's where I track my salespeople's activities and I record information about the customer. Well, really today, uh, what it needs to be is uh, if you want to call it CRM or an experience platform is kind of the wrapper that, that we use because it's really the entire customer journey should be able to be orchestrated between sales, marketing, and service teams. Yes. And that, that's really what you're trying to do. And, and I like that idea of, you know, CRM has just that word. It, it, it bristles people's backs. It, 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 yeah. I was just doing a coaching call last week and they were talking about they've been struggling with CRM for the last decade. And I, I, I almost framed it to them. I was like, if you think about CRM, customer relationship management versus this kind of newer way of thinking that you and I are talking, experience, marketing, sales, and service. Well, it almost well so a- here's the question for you, right? When I always say, uh, sorry to cut you off, but I always say, what about, so you cut, talk about customer relationship management. What about customer engagement? Yes. You know, and how, how, are you, how are you going to, at an enterprise, at an organizational level, power engagement with your customer, which is really where a lot of the, it's not the management of the relationship in a system, it's the engagement that happens, right? That's, that's where the value happens. And then the engagement, that then leads to a multiplying effect. So CRM now becomes a customer relationship multiplier through yes. engagement to dive deeper, to multiply the value creation through the data, through the insights, through yeah. the automation. Yeah. And how do you help when you're, when you're doing these sessions, help others overcome some of the struggles and challenges, we'll call it rooted in past beliefs, yeah. to break free from that coming back to culture and mindset? So step one is we, we start out talking about outcomes of what they're trying to accomplish, okay? And a lot of times leaders will come in and will say, we need a CRM. And you start asking questions, why? What are you trying to, to accomplish? Well, we need visibility or we need to, to, to grow sales. And then, you, you know, you keep going deeper. And usually what we get to is really one of the most important, if not the most important priority is they want to improve the loyalty and the relationship they have with that customer. They realize that acquiring that customer is super expensive. So the most profitable thing and the most impactful thing as an organization they can do is say, let's approach a customer for life uh, type of mentality with every customer we have. Okay. And so then once you get to that outcome, you can say, great. All right. So if we realize that is step number one is making sure that you have every 
possible chance of having a lifelong relationship with this customer, let's start by knocking off some low-hanging fruit as step one in this project, right? So you can't uh, boil the ocean. Most organizations fail uh, because they go down a two-year implementation (laughs) of CRM. They hire consultants, they come in, and before any values created to the end customer, it's 18 months. Well, I think if anything, we've learned how much the world has changed, can change in 18 months. Yes. So I always say, look, let's, let's deliver value um, in your project in 90 or 120 days. And that, that might be, you know, setting up some basic customer intelligence plus workflow that might be just that. That right there is the, I, I think it's the key. It, it is the secret to unlock because 18, 24 months, that's a long time to prove that value. So roll that back. Number one, quick wins out of the gate, low hanging yes. fruit. Pro- progress. Progress right. is critical to growth. Progress is greater than perfection. And I think in this space, knowing what we talked about in episode 124 with Colby, this idea of high fact finder, high follow through as a natural operating system, we need, we, we have a, a, a pseudo need that we need perfection before we can launch. But if we can get quick wins, if we can prove value, that will ultimately build the confidence to further commit to do even more going further, farther, faster. And it becomes this momentum. It's a perpetual flywheel. I'm curious, you know, marketing has traditionally been over here um, on one side of the, the equation. Sales has been over here. And then you add service as another mix into this what are the opportunities now to align them coming back to what we were talking about before around a common purpose um, with what you consider this human digital connection? Cause it's not just yeah. technology alone. It's technology and humanity working in unity. Yes. So, so first of all, I think it's understanding that I have a, a singular customer journey. Okay. That has, uh, has buckets of where you would say marketing. I, I think marketing is really being replaced with customer engagement more holistically. Okay. But um, you have marketing, you have sales, and you have servicing type scenarios, depending on the product, the financial product or service at different points in that customer journey. So it's really about understanding that I've got a singular customer journey that at different points in time, I'm going to have those functional things uh, interacting with my customer. How do they come together? How do they keep the human in the center at all times? How do we, in a more intelligent way, enable each of those functional areas, marketing, sales, and service, to have a more in context, a more value um, uh, delivering conversation where I'm delivering more value to my customer. So, so that's really kind of the, the thematically how you think about it from a technology purpose, then I want to be able to, as my systems, my applications and marketing tools and systems, I have to be able to have data that will flow uh, between those systems correctly and be able to enable engagement, communication, uh, conversations, um, product recommendations, all of the really the things that fall under engaging and communicating with a customer or prospect. 
I like what you mentioned about marketing, the idea of marketing being transformed to yeah. really think about it as customer engagement. I've been talking about marketing transforming to be experienced engineers because exactly. engineers can help to create and work with this engagement. You mentioned data, you mentioned AI, we've mentioned automation a few times here. What in your mind is a commonly held belief that this industry has around data, around AI, around automation that you just disagree with? So, no, it depends on the level and sophistication of the organization, because I I do think there's a lot of, you you and I get the opportunity to work with some really brilliant people in a lot of different organizations. Now, now, sometimes they, they might be the only one in their team. So that makes it more, that's a different conversation. But I, I do believe that one of the things that I fundamentally disagree with, if you look at those topics broadly, is that it's just this giant, massive undertaking to make yes. progress. I, I think that's probably the thing I, I see the, the thing that I disagree with most. People should understand that I don't need to, AI can be a a longer term thing, but what about just using the customer intelligence that I have now uh, to actually communicate in a a more impactful way as a step one, right? Right, right. And that comes back to the point we were making before, progress is greater than perfection, quick wins, show value early and often. I'm curious to get your take on this because we're talking about marketing, we're talking about sales, we're talking about service. If there's been one major learning over the last 12 to 18 months, it's that work, the idea of work has been massively transformed and will continue, yeah. I think, to go through some transformations. How how will the future of work continue to transform here? What's your perspective on what we'll call the, the, the future of work when it comes to marketing, sales, and service at yeah, financial brands? Yeah, so I, I think, I mean, this is a big topic, of course, but the future of, of work, I think the, the word that... Uh, that comes to my mind is adaptability. Right? Mm. And uh, I think it's, you have to be willing and able to adapt quickly uh, to changing circumstances, meaning um, for sure, I need to have really strong digital first capabilities, but I also need to be pairing that with um, people and humans that understand how, how to harness it. And so... so- skill set, right? So, you know, I think of the world in formulas. Uh, you and I were talking about before I, uh, I have a background in, in, in programming and MIS. And I, was, like, I, I think I called you a closet nerd. You call like, me, no, I'm, I'm public facing nerd. So that's, yeah, we'll, that's, we'll come, yeah, we'll come yeah. out. And, and I think that's just the way that I look at the world. And so what you're talking about is what I put in a formula to where EQ plus AQ is greater than IQ alone. And it's that emotional intelligence plus the adaptability quotient that we can bring to bear is greater than just intelligence alone. Because I think intelligence is going to be augmented and supported over the next five to 10 years, even more so through AI, through automation. And therefore, what are we left with? We're left with the ability to, to make massive pivots through adaptability, but still keeping people, coming back to that point, keeping people at the center of the thinking and doing through emotional intelligence. And so as we look ahead towards, and we'll keep a short horizon line on this because who knows what the next just 12 months, 24 months are going to look like. But at this stage in the game, what are the greatest opportunities that you see 
ahead for financial brands to either create or capture around marketing sales service through the lens of, of data AI automation? I, th- I think the greatest opportunity is uh, for the organizations that understand this is still uh, an industry that is centered around human beings and their financial needs, right? Yes. And I think the organizations that understand that at a very deep level and allow technology to enable them uh, to serve that human being, that customer in a more impactful way, in a higher quality way that actually leads to better outcomes for the customer. And they think about it from the customer first perspective Mm. in everything they're doing, not transaction first, but customer first. And I think that's really the big opportunity. I think the organizations that do that are going to win the long-term relationships. Um, You know, we talk a lot about how it's a data arms race in banking and lending and uh, the areas of financial services that we work with. And I, and I do think that's true, but I also think, it's only going, you're only going to win if you play that data arms race uh, by being customer first and uh, customer focused. Yes. And that's where this idea of what we've been talking about, human centered growth, there are four areas of focus to consider. You, you, you must review what you've done to learn through those experiences to take those insights that you gain, think about them, and then apply them to the next iteration of doing. Because when you get trapped and stuck in the doing, it is a very dangerous and deadly place to be. And to create that space and time, back to your point before, every 90 days, that's the 90-day growth methodology right there. Yes, Um, absolutely. What's your feedback loop? We talk about it all the time uh, with with our customers and partners that we're working with, and we talk about it internally, is that, look, um, you're going to uh, make mistakes and you're going to learn things all the time. You have to always be going down two parallel paths, right? You have to have your long-term vision of where the industry is going and where you want to go as an organization, but you also have to be focused on these shorter sprints, these 60, 90 day sprints to where, what what are we learning from how our customers are reacting, how our people are reacting, what worked, what didn't work? What are the micro small uh, course corrections and adjustments that we have to do so that we make more progress the next 90 days. And that's, that's ultimately where magic happens, right? It is. And, and so from a practical exercise and Joe, this has been a fantastic conversation today. As we wrap up, I want to set the dear listener up for success over the next 90 days for them. What is one small, small, cause all, all, all transformation, all progress begins with just a very simple step. What's one small recommendation that you could could, could, could recommend to the dear listener that they could commit to take over the next 90 days to make progress on this, their own journey of growth here? Do I have to limit it to just one or can I give you a couple? Uh, I'll, I'll, get, I'll give you one. So um, I, I would say no, number one, any business in any organization, I want to, um, I want to audit my customer's experience my customer journey and understand it and have empathy so that I can have proper empathy for my customer. And, and I think it's, it's really true in financial services, but I also think it's true in, in technology. Like, you know, we have, we're a technology business that serves financial institutions and we do the same thing. I talk to our people all the time. The most powerful thing that you can do to make progress is getting perspective and empathy for what's happening with your customer, because that will inform you on some of the quick win things that you can do. 
I'd like to level that thought up even further. That's like the idea of digital secret shopping coming into play now, because if you can make that commitment and, 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 and start small, focus on one product line and maybe just one area of the buying journey. Maybe it's the conversion point. What is that experience? What does it look like? How does it make people feel? And then apply those knowledge over the next 90 days as yeah, you're take auditing. Take learning. Exactly. As I'll, I'll give you a couple of quick examples. I'll give Go. you a couple of quick examples. What's the communication that happens um, when they fill out an application after they complete an application after they become a customer? Very simple one. First month, they're a customer with you. What are you sending them? What's yes. the voice you're using? What's the context? What additional value are you delivering? My guess is there's opportunities there for improvement. Those are very quick things in a three to four month window that you can improve as a bank, lender, credit union, financial institution. And when you benchmark that against the fintechs and the neobanks, it's very interesting to see that feedback in the real world. We've, we've done a lot of that against, say, like Chime and Aspiration and some of these other neo competitors compared to, say, the traditional community financial brand. Always an eye-opening experience because I think yeah. it's the idea of knowledge and awareness are the first steps towards that future growth. Joe, if anyone's yeah. listening... They want to continue the conversation with you that we've started today. What's the best way for them to reach out and say hello? Um, well, me personally, you can reach out to me, Joe, at totalexpert.com. Um, you can always come to our, our website for, for information or reach out to, to our team at uh, totalexpert.com. So Joe at totalexpert.com or just come to our site, totalexpert.com. Joe, I appreciate two things. Number one, first and foremost, the work that you and your team are doing at Total Expert. It is important work. It is meaningful work. It is really, it is life transforming work for people coming back to the stories that you and I had shared before. Yeah. And then number two, thanks so much for joining me on just another episode of Banking on Digital Growth. Thank you for all the great work you do, man. We're, we're huge fans. And uh, likewise, the, the work that you guys are doing is hugely impactful for, for so many people. So you're, you're a true leader in the industry. Always enjoy the opportunity to chat with you. Absolutely, man. And as always, and until next time, be well, do good, and make your bed. Thank you for listening to another episode of Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay. Like what you hear? Tell a friend about the podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify and subscribe while you're there. To get even more practical and proven insights, visit www.digitalgrowth.com to grab a preview of James Robert's best-selling book, Banking on Digital Growth, or order a copy right now for you and your team from Amazon. Inside you'll find a strategic marketing and sales blueprint framed around 12 key areas of focus that empower you to confidently generate 10 times more loans and deposits. Until next time, be well and do good.